Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Steadfast and Law podcast. And, you know, every now and then you get a chance to hit a home run. Well, today is a home run. And it's a very dear and close friend of mine, someone that I look up to and someone that makes me sharper, and that's Larry Elder. Larry Elder, the sage from South Central, is a New York Times bestselling author, award-winning documentary filmmaker, and one of the best-known media figures in America today. His flagship daily radio program, The Larry Elder Show, was heard every day, every weekday, in all 50 states and on more than 300 stations. Larry's unique style, personal background, and professional experience combined to inspire, inform, and persuade his listeners, readers, and viewers to embrace the timeless American principles of personal responsibility and public accountability. In his words, the question is not which party has my back, but which party can get government off our backs so that we might all realize our God-given capabilities. After running for governor of California in 2021 and securing millions of votes, Larry is now ready for the next step. He has announced in his journey that he is running for president of the United States of America. And his forthcoming book, with a foreword by Candace Owens, is due out in September and is entitled, As Goes California, My Mission to Rescue the Golden State and Save the Nation. So thank you so very much, Larry Elder, for joining us on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Colonel, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Tell us about how things are going. You've declared your your candidacy. You did so on the Tucker Carlson show. I was watching when you did. How are <laughs> things going for you out there right now? I mean, everyone knows who you are. So your name and face recognition, there's no problem with that. But how are you getting out and about? And what's, what's the primary goals for you uh, in these early stages? Well, Colonel, I turned out I made my announcement on what ended up being Tucker Carlson's next to the last show. It was Thursday, April the 20th. On Friday the 21st, he signed off and said, I'll see you on Monday. Uh, and he ended his relationship that weekend. So I was able to capitalize on, on uh, Tucker Carlson's next to the last show. You know, people have asked me over and over again, Colonel, what is my lane? What is my lane? Because everybody knows the 800-pound gorilla in this race is 45. Here's mm -hmm. how I see it. Republicans are of two minds about Donald Trump. There are those of us who love Donald Trump and those of us who love what Donald Trump did, but fear for reasons that I feel are almost entirely unfair, that the so-called swing voters, primarily suburban women in the suburbs, would not vote for this man if he walked on water. Now, I don't know what to do about Trump derangement syndrome. Maybe someday they'll develop a vaccine, but until then, Houston, we've got a problem. And the problem is a lot of people would not vote for this man. And I asked people the following series of questions. Have you lost friends because of Donald Trump? Uh, Colonel, I was married years ago. My best man, my wedding, and I no longer, no longer can speak to each other because of Donald Trump. Mm. Are you tiptoeing around co-workers because of Donald Trump? 
have you do you now have strained relations with family members or relatives because of Donald Trump? If you answer yes to those questions, we've got a problem. Now, if you love the American first agenda, and I do, what Donald Trump did on borders, what he did on the economy, what he did uh, for making us energy independent, what he did on judges, uh, support school choice, if you like all of that stuff, pro-life, but you want to make sure that we win in November 24 against Joe Biden, why not get somebody uh, for whom women in the suburbs can pull that lever because the person is perceived as likable, good sense of humor, knowledgeable, a fighter, but doesn't have the same kind of baggage that causes you to be turned off against Donald Trump. And that is my lane. That's my message. The other thing, uh, Colonel, I bring a couple things to the table that I think the other guys don't. And that is a full-throated refutation of the, of the notion that America is systemically racist. And when you attack the police as being systemically racist, you're having two, at least two big negative consequences. The first is, what's called the Ferguson effect, and that's mm -hmm. the cops pulling back from their normal proactive policing, and it's causing what are called excess deaths. These are people who have died, who otherwise would not have died if the police had done their normal proactive policing. And these are there are hundreds, if not thousands, of people who are now dead, who would otherwise would not be dead. Almost all those are black and brown people living in the inner city, the people that the Democrats purport to care about. The other thing is this. You're a young black man. You're driving down the street. You see the flashing lights. Why in the world would you pull over, let alone cooperate, when after all you've been told by Barack Obama and uh, Al Sharpton and Joe Biden, this guy is going to do me harm. So virtually all of these high-profile shootings and deaths, Colonel, would have been avoided if the suspect slash civilian had simply complied. The other thing I bring to the table is this. We need to talk about the 10,000-pound elephant in the room, and that is the epidemic of fatherlessness. 70% yes. of black kids enter the world today without a father in the home married to the mother. That is up from 25% back in 1965. Half of all Hispanic kids, 40% of all kids in America now enter the world without a father in the home married to the mother. And the stats are there. A kid raised without a father is five times more likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. Now, the question is, how have we gone from having 25% of black kids born out of wedlock to 70% today? And I argue it's the welfare state. Yes. Mostly with the best of intentions, the welfare state has incentivized women to marry the government and incentivized men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility. So those are the things I think I can bring to the table. Well, I will tell you, without a doubt, I mean, I've watched you over the years in debates, uh, on your radio show. No one can recite the facts, the truth, the statistics like Larry Elder. So to me, when you get on that debate stage, you're a potent weapon. How do you make sure you get on that first debate stage in Milwaukee uh, this coming August? Well, and that's the issue. Uh, I just got off the phone with uh, the head of the debating committee. And the criteria are you have to be at least 1% in the polls, and we are. You have to get a donation from 40,000 different people, uh, unique donors. And that's going to be an uphill battle. And you have to get 200 unique donors in 20 different states. And that's why I'm asking people to go to elderforamerica.com. It doesn't matter how much how much you put in, uh, elderforpresident.com is a better place, elderforpresident.com. It doesn't matter how little you put in, just put in something. It can be as small as a dollar. I just need 40,000 unique donors. Um, and um, once I get up there on the debate stage, game over, Colonel, game over. You mentioned <laughs> I citing facts. I wanna say one more thing that I, yeah. that I often like to tell people, especially my, when I talk to black audiences. There's a website called policemag.com, 
And they asked people who were self-described as very liberal, how many unarmed blacks did the police kill in 2019? Colonel, half of the self-described very liberal people thought the police killed 1,000 unarmed black men in 2019, and 8% thought the police killed 10,000. What you ask about just regular liberals? Well, 39% of self-described liberals thought the police killed 1,000 uh, unarmed black men in 2019, and 5% thought they killed 10,000. The number, according to the Washington Post database, 12. Yeah. 12. Now, this is what the media has done to corrupt how people think, how people perceive things. Another thing is this about crime. The a, a black male aged 10 to 43 is 40 is 13 times more likely to be murdered than a white male aged 10 to 43. And that is a symptom of the breakdown of the family. And you have something that happened on that on that subway uh, with that Marine, white Marine who put Daniel a choke Perry. on a black yeah. homeless guy. And, and they're marching on Washington. But just last weekend, 23 people in Chicago were shot on the new mayor's first weekend. And based on past stats, virtually all of those people shot were black and almost all of them shot by other black people. Where's the NAACP on that? But you let Florida pass laws that say, don't teach black kids that they're victims and don't teach white kids that they're oppressors. And they want to do a tra travel advisory on yeah. the state of Florida. Nothing about fatherlessness, nothing about the poor educational achievement. 85% of black eighth graders, these are 13 year old kids, can either do math nor read at grade level according to the national report card. Half of them can't even do basic reading, which means a large number of 13-year-olds in our country, Colonel, are functionally illiterate. Where is the NAACP? You know, that's the incredible message that, you know, I hope that you can get on that debate stage. And again, is it elder, the number four or F-O-R president.com? It's elder, F-O-R, elder for president.com. Okay, we want to make sure that because... I think it's important that you get on that stage. I think it's important that the message that you deliver so succinctly, so it's like a precision guided munition is important because the political class of the Republican Party has always said, don't worry about the black community. Just let them go. I mean, we can't win them. We did see a change in 2016 in the black community when President Trump challenged them and said, what do you have to lose? But when they are faced with these critical points, these statistics, these facts, these truth, and it's on a debate stage, I think without a doubt you start to chip away at the stranglehold of victimization that the Democrats have on the community. So that's why I want to see you on that debate stage. And I'm, you, you may see Alan West uh, as one of your donors because, you know, that's easy. You know, get you on the debate stage and let you have the opportunity, because that's what I believe in, the equality of opportunity. Right. And most Americans, including black Americans, have never heard these stats. When I give speeches, sometimes they're dumbfounded. They come up to me afterwards and say, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And you're right about the black vote. And it's beginning to move in our direction. Donald Trump got 8% in yeah. 2016 because he said, what do you have to lose? I was with him. Uh, and campaigned with him in Cleveland, where he d d gave that message in a black church, and it was well received. Fast forward four years later, that increased to 12%. That's a 50% increase, and he got 20% of black men. And so black people are seeing what's happening with the economy, with the borders. The group most hurt by open borders are urban blacks with high school or less education mm -hmm. because they have to compete with these illegal aliens, most of whom have no real education. There are about a million more black people who otherwise would be working if it weren't for illegal alien labor. And illegal alien labor puts downward pressure to the tune of almost $2,000 per year on the salaries of these black people who otherwise would be working. It is a, an outrage that the Democrats want open borders when the group that's most loyal to them 
black people are the ones most hurt by illegal aliens. You know, and you're starting to see that in the south side of Chicago, people are starting to say, build a wall. Because they see the intrusion, the invasion, right. the infiltration of illegal immigration and how it has the adverse effect. I mean, why are you giving them free cell phones and, and you know, taking care of them and giving them taxpayer money when, as you just said, on the very first weekend of Brandon Johnson's you know, new mayoral term, 23 people are shot in the south side of Chicago. But yet no one is addressing this. So I'm going to tell you that... When I think about policy experts and people that have a great message, you and Vivek Ramaswamy could be, uh, you know, some real game changers on that debate stage because you guys are sharp as tacks. And, and I have seen how both of you can just peel the onion back on the leftist message. So when I talk about that, let's let's go ahead and, and discuss your book, As Goes California, My Mission to Rescue the Golden State and Save the Nation. Is California too far gone? You know, every time there's an election, I always say, maybe this maybe this will do it. Because right now, uh, a man broke into the home of a wealthy guy living in Beverly Hills. The guy had armed security colonel on site, and he murdered his wife. A UCLA graduate student working in an area uh, of L.A. called Hancock Park, where Maxine Waters has her $5 million mansion, was stabbed to death by a homeless guy. So you're thinking at some point, maybe, just maybe, the state will hit rock bottom and the voters will begin to reconsider the way they've been voting for the Democratic Party that has super majorities in both chambers of our legislature. Mm -hmm. But they have not. So I don't know what it's going to take. That's why I wrote that book, uh, As Goes California, which, by the way, you can order right now on Amazon or on Barnes & Noble, because I outline my agenda. Colonel, just this morning, I'm reading an article in the Washington Post. Now, I know that the Washington Post and they hate Donald Trump. They have a focus group of 15 swing voters. All of them voted for Donald Trump in 2016. All of them voted for Joe Biden in 2020. So they put them together to find out what they were going to do now. Three of them said they'd go back to Donald Trump. Three of them said they would just sit it out or vote for an independent candidate. Nine said they would vote for Joe Biden. Now, it turns out that they're Concerned that none of them wanted Biden to run again, by the way. None of them wanted Trump to run again. But their concern about Biden was Trump, pardon the expression, by their fear and loathing of Donald Trump. Again, this is something that's real. It's in the water. I don't know what to do about it, but I do think that if we want to win in 2024 against Biden and Harris, and make no doubt, if Biden can fog up a mirror, he'll be the nominee. <laughs> and as soon as he gets across that finish line, he hands over the baton to Kamala Harris. And depending upon when he hands it over to her, she can finish out his term and then run twice more. If you that's want to right. avoid that disaster, I'm your vehicle. I'm your messenger. I know the issues. I'm a fighter. I got a good sense of humor. I like to think I'm likable. I have an America first agenda. I'm pro-life. If that's your 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 analysis that you're worried about what will happen in 2024 if Trump is at the top of the ticket, you have an alternative. The alternative is named Larry O. You know, it's interesting you say that because I go back to the uh, Romney-Obama election, and I remember the uh, the post-election analysis, the exit poll analysis, and everyone was you know over the moon. Yes, you know Romney would have been better on the economy, but I liked Obama. Even though all the things that you saw, you know, the economy was horrible, the national security, everything was horrible, but I liked him. There is something about the American people 
that they still, personality has a lot to do with it. Persona has a lot to do with it. Likeability has a, a lot to do with it. And so we have to be very careful in that you can have all the issues on your side, but there's still this comfort. I mean, some people may say that's imbecilic, that's immature, but it's just the nature. And I have always told candidates that there are two phases to a candidate or campaign. It's an image and a message. We have the message, but we have to make sure that we can have that image that is presented that combines with the message makes us impervious to any type of a sale. I agree 100%. And that's what Ronald Reagan had. Remember after he got shot, mm -hmm. he's there making jokes, uh, saying, I hope you all are Republicans right now, referring to his doctors. Yeah. Honey, I forgot to doc, duck. What's that guy's beef? And America found this guy really is likable. He's a genuine guy. He's not a hater. People have said to me over and over again, Colonel, Larry, you are authentic. And I don't know what that means. All I know is I haven't been doing this long enough, I guess, I guess to get phony. When the race was over, when my gubernatorial race was over, I go to a restaurant and I start talking to these ladies. And they're 85 years old. They've known each other since the second grade. They're both Jewish. And after we talk about 10 minutes, they stop and they go, wait a minute. I know who you are. You're that Larry Elder guy. You're that guy that ran for governor. And they said, guess who we voted for? I said, you didn't vote for me. They said, how do you know that? I said, well, let's see. We're in the west side of L.A. You're both Jewish. <laughs> One of you called yourself a human rights activist. It doesn't take Colombo to put that together. You didn't vote for me. They started laughing. I said, but tell me, how do you feel about crime? They were outraged. How do you feel about how bad our schools are? Outraged. How do you feel about homelessness? Outraged. They knew people who had left California because they couldn't afford a house because of the way the environmentalists have a stranglehold over the politicians uh, in Sacramento. I said, so here we are completing each other's sentences, but you didn't vote for me. Have you ever, have, ever had a conversation with a conservative Republican? And they admitted they had not. And Colonel, they bought my meal. They bought my drinks. We started <laughs> laughing together. They had never looked at a conservative Republican as a human being because they hadn't had a conversation with one. <laughs> or, or they have never looked at you as a human being because you've been demonized. Conservative re Republicans have been so denigrated and right. placed in this you know, MAGA Republican box like that's something, you know, bad, you know, demon from hell. But that's what they do. They go after the image because they have no message to run on. So, I, again, can you just repeat to everyone the criteria that it will take for you to get on the debate stage in August? I have to have at least 1% in the polls by August. I'm already above that. I'm not worried about that. I've got to get donations from 40,000 unique donors and in 20 states, 200 donors from each of 20 states. Uh, that's what it will take for me to get up on that debate stage in Milwaukee. And again, once I get up there and the American people hear me, see me, uh, can assess me, I think it's going to be a whole different ballgame. Remember, nobody saw Donald Trump coming in 2016. Yeah. Most of us would not have bet on Joe Biden in 2020. Who knew who Bill Clinton was? Who knew who Jimmy Carter was? So things change. It's a lot of time between now and November 2024. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised, Colonel. Well, I wish you all the best. You're a dear and great friend. And just study up on those national security issues because the old colonel, I mean, we've got to do something better with our military capability and capacity. And Absolutely. to me, that's the most important title of a president of the United States of America's commander in chief, to know that you are responsible for the lives of young men and young women who are willing to serve and protect and defend this great constitution and this great republic. So once again, as we close out, where can people go to support you? Uh, where will be your next speaking engagement where people maybe can go out and listen to you? 
Uh, you can go to elderforpresident.com, elderforpresident.com. My next speaking engagement is tomorrow here uh, in uh, Orange County. I'll be giving a uh, fundraiser sponsored by the uh, mayor of Newport Beach, the former mayor of Newport Beach, and a good friend of mine who's a restaurateur, uh, owns a major restaurant uh, in uh, uh, in Newport Beach. That's where I'll be tomorrow. And then next month, I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, I'm on the road all the time, Colonel, and I'm going to Iowa a bunch of times. Iowa has 99 counties, and they expect you to visit all 99. Oh, yeah. I've already done about 20. If you don't visit all 99, they don't think you're serious. I'm well, serious. So I'm going to be well, spending I would, time in Iowa. I will tell you this. I don't know if I could eat fried butter. Uh, I know that's what they serve at the state fair, so you tell me how fried butter tastes. Uh, but you got to get out and you got to press the flesh. And let me know when you're coming down here to Texas, okay? You got it. And it's, and it's butter on a stick, bacon on a stick, pork chops on a yeah. stick, a stick on a stick. I gained 15 pounds haven't been able to lose it. Well, you, you stay healthy out there on that campaign trail, okay? I will. We thank need you. you. God, God bless you, and thank you so much, Larry. God bless you. Thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Thank you for Larry Elder taking time out of a very busy schedule, I can assume, to be with us. And as always, if you like this podcast, click the like button, share it with others. And until next time, Steadfast and Loyal. Before they burn it down.